This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. It's time. The party's over. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. And I'm Trevor. Welcome to your Boo Crew Podcast, episode 375. Hope you're well. Thank you so much for spending time with us. You know what? I just looked. The last review we got was actually January 9th. So if you'd like to rectify that, you can go on Apple Podcasts and write something nice about the show. That'd be great. And we'll read it on the uh, on the air as you, as you were. See? Again, me with a the hard time talking. Uh, much like, uh, let's see here. Oh, this one. I never understood this one. One star. This is a little while ago. The first episode I listened to had so much extra background noise. So annoying to listen to. What do you think they're referring to? The background noise. I don't know. I think they're referring to somebody else's podcast. Maybe. Maybe. I don't. Well, Nelly, our dog is in the room today. Is she eating something? Is she eating a part of the studio or is she eating a bone? She's eating a bone. Okay, she's eating a bone. Maybe. But this is the first time we've had her in the studio, so that's not the background noise. No. What is the background noise? We don't have any air conditioner going. <laughs> now I'm all like, sub- like self-conscious. I don't know what's going on with the background noise. But for you, RJ Holdsworth with the one star, we're very sorry about the background noise. And thank you for uh, addressing your concern. And we'll do our best to make sure there is no background noise on this episode. 375 just for you. Maybe he could have. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't hear any background noise. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Lauren? Yeah. Uh, no. What were you going to say? Maybe he, it would have been constructive if he had said what it sounded or like. Or what exactly the noise was. Yeah. Because then... We could have eliminated the noise. Yeah, but if we don't know, then how can we fix so the So if you problem? do hear a noise that isn't Nelly chewing on a bone or Leo making that obnoxious sound... Let us know, and we'll fix it straight away for you. Because we want to give you a high-quality listening experience here at the Boo Crew Incorporated. It's like Trevor works in audio, so... It's that doesn't mean it's necessarily good. <laughs> I just happen to work in audio somehow. Oh, oh, also, you know what I wanted to talk about next week? The guest that got away. Well, we're not talking about it this episode? I don't know if we'll have time. Isn't that nice to save something? Next week on the show... The guest that got away. Right? Wouldn't people like to... A little suspense? I'm sure they're going to lose sleep over it. Just wondering. <laughs> I just thought that, you know, I don't want them to be... Do I know who this is? Of yeah. course you know who this is. We're thinking of telling the story in a very coy way, though. You know, I don't want to sell anybody out or... You know? I think there's a way around it to be able to tell the story without, you know... I don't know. Just follow me on this one. If we don't get to it this time, we're going to do it next time. All right? All right. Okay. Okay. Before we get into... Our severed headlines and new and streaming in theaters. Leo, it's been a while since you've done this. I'm going to see if you have one ready at the top of your head. Terror trivia with Leo. Leo, go. What do you got? Okay, Friday. Whoa, he's got it. Okay, okay. Friday 13th. Had an original title. What was it? Like a working title that wasn't Friday the 13th. Nope. Thursday the okay. 12th. Camp Blood. Close. Uh, Camp but it had a longer title Camp before Chris- it was titled Friday the 13th. 
Camp Crystal Lake. The Camp Crystal Lake Chronicles. Bloody Friday, bloody. No, Friday, Friday. But no, but those are all good choices. <laughs> Nelly is chewing on the button. That is background noise. Just so you know, if you're listening, that is not the noise that or whatever the guy was saying was talking about. Okay, sorry, because <laughs> I can hear that now. <laughs> Leo, what was it? The title of Friday the 13th original for the original movie was actually titled as A Long Night at Camp Blood. A long night at Camp Blood. I've never heard this before. Wow. That's crazy. Interesting how they landed on... That's what you get. You get random trivia. Yeah. No, I love that. That was off the top of your head or did you prepare that? (laughs) No, it's something I looked up like months ago and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Ah, Look at you. Can you imagine that on a shirt? That's a really long title. A long night at Camp Crystal Blood. Is that what you said? No. A long night at Camp Blood? Yes. A long night at Camp Blood kind of cool though too but then you have to do a long night at camp blood too a long night at camp blood jason lives you know it it would yeah friday 13th rolls off the tongue a little bit better yeah i digress new and streaming in theaters at time of release march 21st 2023 on vod you can check out the head mistress a debt-ridden teacher inherits a lakefront hotel while taking a group of potential buyers to visit the abandoned property. They discover a sinister secret that threatens them all. Written and directed by Christopher A. Miklos and Jay Spiro. I'm probably getting names wrong all over the place. Also streaming, Kurt Wimmer's incredibly fun and nasty take on Stephen King's Children of the Corn. 12-year-old Eden recruits all the kids in the town for an uprising going on a bloody rampage. Elena Campouris and Kate Moyer star. Go back to episode 372 for our very colorful chat with our friend kurt gerard johnstone directs james Wan. gerard 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 johnstone there we go directs james Wan and akila cooper's megan available on blu-ray and dvd now megan 2.0 will officially hit theaters in 2025 also looking forward to local mainstay here in la micheline pitt an R.H. Norman's project for James Wan and Ingrid Bisou. That one's called Cosmetic at the moment. Micheline Pitt, known for her Vixen clothing line out here on Magnolia Boulevard, doing a lot of horror-centric clothing lines as well. Still no release date that I can find on that, but it's, uh, it's on the way. March 24th finds a young actress returning to her empty hotel, only to be stuck at the 12th floor with a mysterious stranger. Sophie Skelton and Bret Hart star in Stalker. Bret Hart, the wrestler, the former wrestler. I don't know if he wrestles anymore. I'm not up to date on my WWE or WWF or whatever the hell they call it now. It's on digital and on demand. All right. Severed headlines, everybody. The big one. South by Southwest. Obviously, every horror movie ever made that you'd ever be interested in coming out in the next 10 years all debuted at south by southwest down in austin texas that went down friday march 10th to sunday march 19th no we weren't there no we weren't invited leo were you there i was there in spirit (laughs) yeah i was there too but i know the big movie that debuted that kicked ass yeah what was it leo Evil Dead Rise. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. The talk of the festival. I've not read one bad review of this movie. You know what? I want to see this so bad. I I don't think I've looked forward to a film this much in years. And I will not read the whole review. Because some people, when they write reviews, think review means retelling. Oh my gosh. Uh, Like that one guy. I forget what review, but yes, I remember sending it to you. I think it was a review for Knock at the Cabin. Oh, yeah. He gave away 
everything. Like, I was like everything. Oh I, I if I hadn't seen it and then I read that, I would have been so mad. Oh yeah. Like he gave away twists upon twists and character arcs and like I don't. I'm sorry. When I read a review, I don't want a retelling. I just want to know if it's worth their time. If it's worth your time, are the performances great? Is there anything stand out in the film? What makes it different from anything that was seen before? What are the highlights? Should I see it? That's kind of what I want to know. But I don't. I don't even really want to know much about the plot details. Maybe give me a quick one-line synopsis. But I don't want to know much more than that because I like that thrill of discovery. I like the mystique. Leo, what's your take on reviews versus retellings? Yeah, they really bother me. The retellings when they just go in and just tell you everything beat for beat and give away plots and twists and all that. It really bothers me because it's like a, it's, it's, you know, it's just a big spoiler. And it's like, why? You know, it's yeah. like, what's the point? Why couldn't you just say, hey, the movie's effective because of cinematography, music, good scares, good, you know, it's like, you know, just don't spoil it, you know? Yeah. And I, I just, I'm curious as far as you, you go, it seems to me that it's anybody can go in and, and riff off everything they just saw in the movie and spill it out over a sheet of paper or on their computer screen, but actually really think and give, give me something interesting on your perspective of what you saw, not on exactly what you saw. You know what? It reminds me of our kids because when you say like, Oh, you saw this movie, you saw Puss in Boots. What did you like it? Yeah. Well, this is what happened. And then the cat was in the bar and then the cat did this and then the cat met this and this and this and had a sort like that's what when I read that review it reminded me of one of our children telling us about a movie they saw yeah I don't know is there ego behind that like what's the point does someone get ego out of you know is there an ego rush out of saying hey I saw the movie before you here's what it's all about ha ha I already saw it I think that's it. Feels like it it sometimes. Yeah. Especially when it comes to these like festival movies, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to movies that some of them don't even have release dates. I think like, God, one of the movies that showed, um, I'll get back to Evil Dead in a second though, but we've been really excited about David Desmalchian's Late Night with the Devil. That also premiered there. Last I saw, last I saw, that's not coming out until December. So... You know, wow. and people are reviewing it. There's information about that that you might not want to know going about. Now, I will tell you, like, here's here's a review that I don't think is a spoiler that Roy Lee gave us, the producer of the film. When we talked to him for Barbarian, because he also produced Barbarian. And he, he just said, David Dasmalchian's performance will knock you off your feet. It's one of the scariest movies I've done in a long time. You guys have to see it. You're not going to believe your eye. To me, that's exciting. Yeah. That's, that's all I need to hear. That's yeah, that's all, all you need to hear. Yep. yep. Especially coming from, you know, The Godfather, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get back to that one in a sec uh, right now. Not that we have much info on that, as I said. But, so Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise. So here are some of the headlines of the reviews. The first liners that I've read, then. These don't spoil anything. They get you pumped up. They got me pumped up. I'm so fucking excited for this. So we're going to get to see it April 21st. So that's right around the corner. If you're not familiar with Lee's work, go watch his short film, his award-winning short film, Ghost Train. Go watch The Hole in the Ground from 2019, which we also discussed when Lee was on the show 
uh, here on the Boo Crew. God, I don't even remember how many episodes ago. It was during the beginning of the pandemic, I believe. It has been called a punk rock opera dripping in blood. 6,500 liters of blood, to be exact, used in this film. People have said the Evil Dead is back. The nastiness of Fede Alvarez's 2013 masterpiece. It's disgusting enough to make you physically recoil. It's funny as hell. And perhaps most importantly, it might just wield more blood than I've ever seen in a movie. Here's another one. A horror gore fest that will punch you in the face. Oh, I want to be punched by Evil Dead right? so bad. That is extraordinary. And Fetty yes. Alvarez is 23. And here's a hot take, guys. This is a hot take. And one that's taken a long time for me to get to this point. But I... Oh God, this would be people would probably kill me for saying this. I think Evil Dead 2013... Oh, boy. Oh, is, Are you sure is, you want yes, to is as good, if not better, than Evil Dead 2? Wow. I will go... I, that's a hot take, and it's taken me a while, because I remember when we first saw Evil Dead 2013 in theaters, we, we might have seen with Leo. I have a vague memory of seeing that at the Burbank Mall with Leo. Leo, did yeah. we see that together? Yeah. I think we did. I think we we did. did. I believe so. And I remember not. And I'll tell you, that's one of those movies that. That's one of those movies that I had to look away. Yeah. 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 A few few movies do that because I was just like, fuck. And and then I had to laugh because I'm like, God damn, he got me, you know. And then, of course, you know, some scenes scared me, startled me. So I'm like, by the end of the movie, I'm just like, dude, I'm so old. Jane Levy, this is fuck. This movie's fantastic, you know. Can you imagine that in 40? <laughs> That's over, man. 4D. I wonder if they're going to do Evil Dead Rise in 4D. We'll see when it comes out. A lot of these 4D, 40X movies seem to stay in like for only a week. And then they switch it out because there's usually only one theater in each Cinemaplex that actually can has the capacity to run the 40X. So you're looking at Nellie. What is she doing? Is she eating power no, cables? What? Okay, I'm nervous. It's the first time we've let her in the studio while we've been doing this. But I will say, oh, okay, so Evil Dead Rise, uh, sorry, back to uh, 2013's Fetty Alvarez. I will say that when we first saw it, I didn't know what to think. I, I, I definitely knew those gore scenes, the unflinching camera just stayed on the disgustingness and the whole theater just lit on fire. And it was so awesome to be a part of that as an audience member. Everyone's, oh my God. And you, you know, you can't look away because it's on this massive screen and they show you everything. Yeah. But after it was all said and done, I didn't know if I liked it because it was totally so much different than the Evil Dead that I was used to. I mean, completely different than Army of Darkness. It was like the polar opposite of Army of Darkness, but it didn't have much humor at all. It was completely dark and mean. And I didn't know what I thought about that. But the more I've seen it and the more time that's passed, the more I really, really realize how much i loved it how badass it was and such a punk rock move to take it the other direction and he did it so well and the score rock banyos who did the score for evil mm-hmm. did that score i think is one of my it's definitely top five horror movie scores of all time for me that haunting piano motif that kind of starts the movie yeah, you learned that on piano. I learned it on piano over the Christmas break. Now I completely forget it. Nice. I, I love his music. And in this one, you're going to be able to hear the music of Stephen McKeon. And I can't wait. 
Stephen also scored the cellar oh. with uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Yeah. yeah. And I remember we loved the music on the oh, cellar. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what he does. He did the hole in the ground as well. So I think we're in really good hands with Steven because I think music, again, is so important. Such an integral part of these Evil Dead movies. God, I can't wait. I can't wait. What more can I say? Also showing there, Wrath of Becky. The follow-up to Becky with Lulu Wilson. Amazing. All in one South by Southwest festival. Reviews are saying it's even more fun and a bit more comedic than the first. And... They're saying May 26th-ish is when we can expect to see that. So that's on the way soon. And then finally, David Desmalchin's royally produced Late Night with the Devil, starring David as Jack Delroy, the host of a late night talk show. The film follows a taping of a live Halloween special. That's all I need to know. That's all you need to know. It's going to be so good. Try not to watch it. If you're like me, try not to watch any trailers. Try not to read any of these South by Southwest reviews other than that first line is all you need to know. And treat yourself. Because Mystique is fucking gone in this world. And it's a magical thing when you could harness it and experience that joy of Mystique. I think. That's just me. I like nothing more than sitting in a theater and watching this shit unfold on uh, in front of me, not really knowing what I'm getting into. Sorry, I interrupted Leo. What's up? No, man, I, I totally agree. I, in, in fact, I think I only saw the teaser for Evil Dead Rise. I did not look at the trailer, so that's right. Ended it, and I'm like, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm sold. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be good. Sure is. Hopefully, we'll have... Uh, here, yeah. by the way, so... Just in case you're listening, obviously we do not have a guest this episode, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have any guests on future episodes. That's something we're working on. We're working on some guests that we're very excited about, and we really hope to do an episode on Evil Dead Rise. Of course. Hopefully we will bring that to you. Tuesday, April 11th. This happened this past week. Oh my God. Guys, Karin Kusama is directing a live reading of Jennifer's body here in the LA area. This has never happened before. Put on by Film Independent. No way. Yeah, it happens at the Wallace Annenberg Center for Performing Arts. 25 bucks for members, 35 bucks for general public. So you don't have to be a member of Film Independent to go to this event. There's no word yet, no cast announcement on who's going to be there, but they've had massive Hollywood actors take the stage for these live readings which i've never seen i've never seen one of these live readings before leo have you been to one no i have not have you seen any on youtube even i haven't even seen any on youtube i think i've seen i think i've seen one on youtube but i couldn't remember what it was is there usually something on a screen behind them or do they just literally read the script i think they just read the script is there music uh, but uh, yeah no but you know what what, what i've seen clips of or some i think i've seen some for comedy which i think works well because the actors that are playing the roles of different actors do it in their own voice in their own way yeah and it kind of it kind of comes out being funny you know so i don't know how this is going to work out but depending who's casted and how they read it it could be pretty funny i do know you know what now that i think of it once i saw a clip of a family guy live reading that cartoon yeah family guy and it was an episode that wasn't ever released 
so that was oh, the fun. that was the draw like come and see this band episode and i think it was about uh, like the I, I don't know who's the main guy leo do you know that show I don't know. god people are going like oh my god it's is it peter maybe i don't know yeah some <laughs> It's Seth MacFarlane. Like There's he plays, dog, yeah. right? he plays everybody. Yeah, yeah. People are like, "You guys are idiots!" Oh my god, <laughs> Family Guy. Come on, is it fa- now? I, we just no, have to. Right we now. have to look it up. Family Guy, Family Guy, Family Guy. Oh man, we're uh, Jesus Christ! I can't even find it on here. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. Come on, help me out, guys. Look it up. Look it up. You're uh, already. A I'm trying. Yeah, ahead, but I'm but. so slow. Look, and I'm looking up the cast and I don't even see Seth MacFarlane on the thing. <laughs> Peter Griffin. Yeah. Peter Griffin. There we go. All right. All right. Good so, old Pete. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lord. <laughs> good old, good old Pete. Know. But anyway, so what they did was they did have a live orchestra behind them doing oh. the score. And then the person who's the director, like literally reads like sun, sunlight, interior, high school. Jennifer's looking at her notebook looks up a teacher jennifer what are you looking at you know what i mean yeah, yeah, so that, yeah. i think that's what the directing means anyway this is gonna be awesome all i can say is we already got our fucking tickets last i checked there's some left go get them say hi to us there don't miss this if you live in the la area hell if you don't and you can afford the trip make a vacation out of it go to disneyland Go to Magnolia Boulevard here in Burbank. Go see Michelin Pit Store. Go see Mystic Museum, all the horror places. And, you know, we can, I don't know, hit us up, DM us. Maybe we can guide you through our uh, the Boo Crew horror tour of Burbank in L.A. as best we can. Yep. Let's see. What else is on my list? I think that's it for horror news and severed headlines for me. You guys got anything before we start getting into films? Uh, no. Leo? No, not that going to be good. All right. Well, that said, what have we been watching? Leo, you want to go first? A couple things on my end, uh, but the first one I'm very, very, very sad about because this show finally came to an end after four seasons. And, uh, you know, not just not because my celebrity crush is on the show and I'm going to miss her, but can you guess what I'm talking about? You guessing about Servant? That's it. You better not spoil that fucking show, dude. We have not seen. We have not just, seen. Just stop there. Just stop there. Just say. Okay. I, yeah. Where did you stop? Where, what episode did you I, stop I, I don't want to give it away to anybody else. Well, no, you're not explaining it. Just we're, tell me like three episodes. We're like four episodes. three episodes away from finishing it. We're just after okay, so Zoo. Like episode seven. I think we're just after Zoo. We're at the episode after okay. Zoo. Okay, you're close. Uh, yeah. I just got to say, wow. <laughs> you know. Um, that sounds good. That's moving great. on. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> no, there's a when you get to episode nine after the episode, because episode nine was written by um, is it Ishana um, Night Shyamalan, uh, his daughter. Oh yeah. So she wrote and uh and like directed episode nine, which is interesting because I thought he would direct the series finale episode, but he chose to do episode nine as for a very specific reason, after that episode ends past the credits, because you know sometimes it bumps you to the next episode, so you have to select it to stay on the episode. Watch past the credits, because there's like a five-minute director's commentary on it. Oh! And he talks about why he chose to direct that episode, 
and what you see and what is revealed and the characters and all. And so, so it's very fitting that he got to direct that episode, even though I thought it would be the final one, you know, but, but, um, wow, man, I mean, the show ends, I'm just sad to see these characters go, you know? Mm. Yeah. I just, you know, for, for, for you guys out there listening, if you don't have Apple TV plus, cause I know a lot of people don't, um, but you do have it if you watch Ted Lasso. So definitely check out servant. It's one of those thriller horror shows, uh, where it's 35 minutes long. Each episode is 35 minutes. It's like, it's short. But in that 35 sure. minutes, like they're so well directed and so well written, yes. you get so much meat in that 35 minutes. It feels like yes. it's 10 minutes, but you, you get twists upon twists in one, you, you get enough meat, right? Like it gives you enough to keep you sati- completely satiated, but completely on the edge of your seat as well. And it just keeps bringing you back for more. There's no dull moment in this show. Yeah. I will say that the comedy is really good in it. Yeah. It's really yeah. fucking funny. Yeah. And oh God, there, there, there's some funny ass moments. Scary and yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, unsettling. And of course, it's got that M. Night Shyamalan, the one thing we've been talking about, the theme of this episode, mystique. Yes. Right? The way he yep. conjures up stories and leaves things for you to discover after the fact and the way he ties things up is always brilliant. So I cannot wait to see how he ties up Servant. And I'm kind of sad that uh we don't get another opportunity to have that servant pizza that they released for that uh, one episode when Jesus they opened the, yeah the cheese's crust and they Jesus had crust, yeah. yes yeah they had what a few pizza places around I, I don't know a couple cities right yeah would serve cheese's crust pizza it was so good it was so good it like had eggs on it, it was very like gourmet it was very yeah. what's the guy's name sean, sean. turner yeah, sean turner, Toby Cabell, yeah. yeah it was very it, i could imagine him making that pizza mm-hmm. that we had uh, well he did didn't he yeah he in my was. mind he made that pizza oh, okay. i had sean turner's jesus crust pizza wow you had a <laughs> great experience that's one thing, <laughs> one thing I, I i always laugh about that show because somebody went out of their way i mean this goes with all the writers I don't know if you guys noticed that every single thing he cooks up, it's kind of gross. Yeah, in ways. Yeah, it's it's like oh, liver fucking pate and shit with yeah. cream mushroom. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah octopus. Yeah, it is kind of yeah. weird. So, but he always makes it look really good. He does. And I somehow end up hungry after every episode too. Yes. Yeah, that I want to drink wine. I'm like, fuck. I mean, Dorothy Turner, Channel Eight News. Is that what it? Channel Eight. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Every newscast, every newscast. Have you noticed that every newscast is campy? Yeah. Like over the top, stupid. Like reporting live from the tunnels. We're waiting for you know the fucking flood to come you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's like a parody of it's, a it's, newscast. It's a parody. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 interesting how how that whole story unfolds and God, I'm I'm really gonna miss this show. Really, truly. Like I think the last show I I, I could speak of with the same word would have been like breaking bad you know because mm. it was just so good this this show is so good so it's like if you're looking to watch something on you know on apple uh tv plus definitely check this one out i mean you know they, they don't really have horror stuff i mean it's, more stuff is probably coming but this is one of their hit shows for sure and um i'll tell you 
have a huge crush on night and an outsider free and if she shows up at my house and wants to raise 35 rebirth dolls as our kids <laughs> i'm not gonna say no oh, i'm not gonna say no i'm like yeah well tommy and toby and mary i don't care we'll give them names and shit Oh, Leo, God. I have to say I'm very proud of you for not completely spoiling Servant for us. Thank you. Yes. No, I'm not going to spoil That's it. That's great. Because I, I was, I mean, like I said, it's, 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 I mean, when you, when you get to the end, you'll, you'll, you'll understand that it's like, it's exactly what I wanted, you know? That's great. And, all right. Enough said, enough different. said. Okay. That's good. Yeah. You're done. I think we've been, you know, not watching because we're savoring it, but yeah. we're going to finish it because I don't want it to be spoiled. Yeah. All right, Leo, what's next? Yeah, that, that, that was it. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Servant loved it. Um, second one I, I checked out uh, recently is Sorry About the Demon. Yes, check that out on, on Shudder. Sorry About the Demon. Wait. Did we start watching that? I think we did. I believe we started watching comedy. it and didn't. Yeah, it was a horror comedy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's um, written and directed by Emily Haggins. Um, and produced by Paper Street Productions, so you know that Aaron. Yes, we did start. Yeah, this. we did yeah. start watching. That. I remember seeing the Paper Street thing. I was like, "Oh yeah, Aaron." Yeah. yeah. But I'll give you the quick synopsis here. What's worse than getting dumped for Will? It's finding out that his new place is haunted. Now faced with the quarter life crisis and a house full of spirits, Will must figure out how to make things right with his ex girlfriend and banish the sacrifice-seeking demon residing in his house. It's a shut original. Um, starring John Michael Simpson, Jeff McQuitty, Olivia Decayen, and Paige Evans. Um, I had a good chuckle, good laugh throughout this. Um, it's not like an interface horror comedy, um, but it tries to show you a thousand things. Like you, like you know, you watch the like. Let's say you watch um, The Conjuring. It's like watching The Conjuring. You, you know, when you see The Conjuring. It's like, oh, here's a scene where the, this falls off the wall. Here's a scene where this cracks. You know. So they do like they do this ongoing joke throughout this movie where a thousand things happen. You know, there's this falls off and there's a rocking chair. There's this, there's this gag, there's this gag. And it's kind of like some pay off and then some don't, you know? Uh, so I think it plays out more like um, a scary movie type of parody, you know, at times. And that's why I got some good chuckles out of it. Um, but it's fun. It's definitely a fun attempt at a horror comedy and and uh if you're looking for something just out there mindless brainless just to get a good chuckle and uh check it out it's on it's on shutter very cool we gotta yeah we gotta watch the rest of that thing we have such a hard time doing this lately we've been like starting so many things and either it's so late like three in the morning that we'll just stop and then just not go back to it for some reason we have a lot of unfinished uh unfinished business to tend to like what we we started watching that new chris landon movie chris landon snuck out a movie over over the past little while yeah it's amazing too it's super funny about a ghost yeah yeah, we have a ghost yeah have a ghost yeah it's so far it's like very like something we watch as the family which is interesting because chris landon i mean you've seen freaky and happy death day some of that stuff you can't really watch with the family yeah right some adult fun but we have a ghost is like kind of reminiscent of movies like Casper or the first Adams family where you can sit around and watch with the whole family and it's still spooky fun. And David Harbor's in this too. Right. So our yeah. kids are all oh, stranger things. Yeah. 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 Playing a ghost. And yeah, it's so far so good. And we'll, uh, we should do a, a full review of it 
on the next episode. The Boo Crew will be right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back. Every year, hundreds of young people disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. Tourist Trap, the most bizarre motion picture you will ever experience, as three young girls are tricked, terrorized, and trapped in an old museum where human-like dolls have a life of their own. Now, they want yours. Tourist Trap, from Compass International. Rated PG. checked out a movie called tourist trap lauren you hung around for a little bit of this i watched 10 minutes and i said is this what scarlet sees when she watches the exorcist oh you don't think it held up over the years huh it was just like oh i wonder if this is what she's seeing how i'm seeing this yeah for anyone who missed it yeah our, our 13 year old now 14 year old we she was asking about the exorcist forever she's been seeing more and more horror movies and one of these ones she wants to see the exorcist that was one we were kind of holding back for a little while like oh when you're a little older you know a few years ago we were like when you're a little older then you could see the oh my friends are talking about no when you're a little older you could see the exorcist so you'll enjoy it more the older you are no no yeah she was on her phone for the whole thing just like uh i've seen my brother say worse things than this yeah. this isn't really wreckage. scary yeah. oh my gosh yeah and then she just That's left funny. like she actually left at um, some point yeah she's like i'm so bored i just can't take this and i'm like wait what this generation oh well <sighs> it makes me so sad yeah it does the end is coming the end of the world man i told you right because are those kids right is that generation who's now bored like is she representative of the 13, 12 to 13 to 14 year olds now, right? Because everything that's been out in the past 20 years is so elevated, so extreme, really. Yeah. Right? That, that, you know, she, her favorite scary movie is uh, Taking of Deborah, Deborah Logan. Logan. Yeah. Right? This stuff is intense, man. Not yeah. to say that Exorcist isn't an intense, isn't intense, but special effects and all that kind of stuff have gone to different levels right so she's used to these i'm i am worried though do movies like the exorcist once this generation stops talking about them as much is i wonder what's gonna happen right because we were all kids when the exorcist came out yeah you know that was around when we were young and that was uh forbidden fruit Rosemary's Baby, stuff like that. And we're still talking about those movies. But will the generation underneath us still appreciate? And I'm not giving up on it. I think maybe a little bit older, she can really appreciate the the art behind that. And uh, Rosemary's Baby is one I don't want her seeing at this age. 
with that jaded i've seen everything at it no oh my gosh <laughs> i want to no. save that because i oh that would break my heart yeah no she recently got her ears pierced yes and we were at a piercing place and she had a halloween horror night sweater on and he was like oh do you like horror and she was like yeah and he's like what's your favorite scary movie it's like the taking of deborah logan and he was like his like jaw hit the floor and he was like <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, Michael Myers or something. And she was, was like, that's deep. And <laughs> That's funny. He was like, how old are you? And then she was like, and then I really like Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead. Yeah, that's, really, yeah, that's another one of her favorites. And uh, I think she had one more on there that was... Pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. So... All right. Well, I'll let you in a little bit of tour, tourist trap and the very surprising horror pedigree that that film has, which will kind of blow your mind. So 1979 tourist trap. OK, you can watch it free on Tubi if you have not seen this movie. But this movie is directed by David Schmoller and really established a lot of the slasher film motifs going into the 80s. Kind of lands somewhere between House of Wax and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's revered as one of the most underappreciated low-budget films of the 70s. Four young people become stranded in the middle of nowhere. They find a roadside western museum called Slauson's Lost Oasis, where the eccentric Mr. Slauson offers them to stay the night. And he has a psychotic brother named Davey, who he keeps hidden away in a house behind the museum. So you can imagine what happens. So it's David Schmuller's very first feature. He went on to do Crawl Space in 86 and a lot of the Puppet Master movies that started in 1989. Schmuller wrote the script with Larry Carroll and the two of them found a partner in legendary cult film producer Charles Band responsible for Full Moon Entertainment from beyond Ghoulies, Terrorvision, Dolls, Ginger Dead Man, all that stuff. And when Charles Band came on, he wanted... John Carpenter was supposed to direct this. But the budget was split in so that they were like, oh my God, this is going to blow all our budget. So to save money, David, you just direct it. So he jumped in and directed it. The original screenplay, there's a lot of telekinesis that happens in the movie. That was not in it originally. That was Charles Band's idea. Another fun fact or interesting fact is David was too shy to ask the girls to do any of the nude scenes that the film called for. I mean, you left right before it looked like a nude scene was going to happen. All the girls were heading to the lake. I, I sense that. Right. And you're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. But no, the girls did not actually get naked for that scene. He worked up the courage, the director at that point to ask the girls, will you guys get naked for this? Yeah. He didn't feel comfortable. And they said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that and mixed with the different, I, I don't know. the. There's not a whole lot of on camera gore or anything like that. It gave the film a PG rating, which makes this film, gives it an interesting interesting note in history as it is the first and only slasher film ever to receive a PG rating. PG-13 wouldn't even exist for another five years till after this movie. Wow. Right? Oh, that's interesting. So one of those girls was a woman named Tanya Roberts, star of Beastmaster. 
then went on to Charlie's Angels. She was a Bond girl in A View to a Kill, and you probably know her most as Midge in That 70s Show. She unfortunately, very sadly, passed away in January 2021 at only 65 years old. Oh, no. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. She was married to Bob or whatever. Yeah. 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 $350,000 is how much this movie cost. 50000 of that was for their lead actor, Chuck Connors, who is well-known in the Western genre. Films like Old Yeller 2 and Flipper, Logan's Run. And he wanted to kind of end his career in the horror genre. Tourist Trap was going to be his first attempt at that. This film was filmed over 24 days right here in L.A. County. Additional interiors were shot at Ramport Sound Studios in L.A. And some interior shots were also done in an abandoned house on Hollywood Boulevard before it was demolished. They had about five days to do it before they knocked the house down. Saved them $30,000 in set construction. Then we talk about a little bit more about some of the horror pedigree. So the masks were made by David Ayers. David Ayers did The Hills Have Eyes. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And he happened to be the guy working for Don Post Studios, creating the original Michael Myers mask for Halloween. The production design on this film. You do get a very Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe when this film starts. If you're a fan of Texas Chainsaw, I would strongly recommend this this movie. Robert Burns, the production designer for Texas Chainsaw, also Wes Craven's Hills Have Eyes, was a production designer of Tourist Trap and ended up doing a lot of the effects work as well. The laugh. Remember you saw that puppet do that laugh when the guy enters that? Oh, yeah. He pops out of the wall. Okay, this is interesting. So the laugh that that puppet does is the same laugh they used in Lady and the Tramp in 1955 for the hyena in the zoo. And... It is still used to this day, as far as I know, at a very famous ride in Disneyland. Can you guess what ride that laugh is used in? The Tiki Room? No. It's a small world. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? Yeah. (laughs) More horror pedigree. Ted Niccolo, who did sound on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, edited this movie. He went on to edit... uh, He went on to do... Yeah, I think he did... Edited Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, or at least did sound, and directed classics like Terrorvision, Bad Channels, Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, and tons of others. And the composer, an Italian man named Pina DiNaggio, happened to be the guy who did the score for Carrie. He was in town working on a film Joe Dante was working on called Piranha. Well, since Pina didn't speak any English, Joe Dante had hired the director of Tourist Trap, David Schmoller, to be the translator between him and Pina when he was working on the score for Piranha. The two hit it off so much that he was asked to do his movie Tourist Trap. So they did the whole score out in Italy. It's a brilliant score. Charles Band paid him $50,000 to do this score. They recorded it in Rome. And you hear this almost childlike music. We were talking about that when the movie started. It kind of had that weird, innocent, almost like music box kind of music. And then would go off into this very unsettling, horrifying soundscapes. Really interesting score by Pina DiNaggio. And that's about all I have to say about Tourist Trap. So that is very interesting. I told you there was some interesting horror lore behind this film. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So it's kind of... Kind of makes it essential viewing, if you ask me. 1979 Tourist Trap, available for free on Tubi 
and a bunch of other streaming platforms. It's all over the place. There you go. Very cool. So that's it, everybody. We're about 43 minutes in. Do you want to talk about the guest that almost was? Or do you want to save that for next week? What about what I was watching? Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. Let's save the guest that never was for next time. Let's go to what you were watching. I was was washing dishes as you were watching this. This is not going to take very long because I've only seen one episode. Um, I watched on Hulu. It's How I Caught My Killer. And it's a true crime docuseries that highlights the real life stories behind homicide cases with in-depth interviews. Um, They have like authentic archival material. They do recreations. And they package it all together in these episodes. I only got through the first episode. Um, and it was really interesting how... Well, I don't want to give it away. But it's in, it's an interesting series how they can figure out who killed the person by clues that they left behind. Very cool. Is it a new series? Did it just debut or is it something you just discovered? It's something I just discovered. I don't know when it started, but um, it's it's really put well put together well. Mm. The only thing I would change is like the voiceover person seems a little too happy. Oh, so it's not like that Robert Stack we used yeah. to, we grew up with with yeah. Unsolved Mysteries. They're just like, he says anything and you could read the phone book and you'd be scared shitless. Yeah, right. seriously. Uh, I think that that really adds to a show is the voiceover and no offense to the lady, but she just seems like she should be doing like a kiss, like... Like pop station. Really, like a radio station. Yeah. Wow. It's that oh, interesting. But she's trying. You know who should they should get to do those shows? Penn Badgley. Right? Oh my God. I mean, in you, that's pretty much what he does. Most of the show, the heavy lifting is oh, done with funny. his amazing voiceover. Him voicing true crime. Oh my God. Because yeah, you is basically a true crime documentary, right? Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the ratings on a true crime show voiced by Penn Badgley? That would be pretty crazy. He's got it. They've got to have approached him. Maybe, maybe not. (sighs) But anyways, it's really a good show. And I don't know when I was younger, my parents used to watch Unsolved Mysteries and like Dateline and all the the news. Yeah, was, was 60 like, Minutes used to have kind yeah. of scary stuff. Yeah, all that investigative yeah, scary, reporting yeah. stuff. Yeah. And nobody said anything. And I remember it saying like, this is for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is advised. No, my parents, they didn't care. And it's like when my kids walk in the room, I kept pausing it because I'm like, I don't want them to hear this. I don't understand why it was okay for my parents to be like, oh, yeah. let her hear about yeah. all the murders. She's not going to be scared at all. And I was so scared. I think we get more uh, uptight and defensive as parents the 
the more generationally distant we get from those times, right? It's yeah. weird because it feels like it should be the other way, but it's not. Now we're all like hyper. Oh my God, no. Our kids care. It says viewer discretion is, oh my God, turn yeah. off the TV, throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are things you used to watch as a, as a family, right? Yeah, yeah. you used to watch it's it. Like, you know, the kids used to play on the streets, right? And rides bikes and, and now it's like, Sending your kid right in the neighborhood on a bike? I'm like, that's not going to happen. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, our, my kids grew up, you know, they're watching Stranger Things. Oh, my God, Dad, did you used to do that on your bike? Yeah. I don't even have a bike. Does that make us shitty parents? <laughs> I don't see a lot of kids just running around on bikes these days. No. Yeah. No, because no. being outside is dangerous. <sighs> Man. Yeah. Which is weird. It's just, you know, it's, it's just how things change, you know? You think it's more dangerous now than it was back then? Oh, yeah. Really? Because I figure now everybody, all the bad guys are inside fucking on their iPhones and shit and their computer causing hell on that. I would figure because none of that shit existed back then. I don't know. You watch the show and you'll see a bunch of murders I've never heard of. Jeez. I mean, there was just a story in the news, I think, last week. They're looking for this teenage girl, 13, 14, I think, and who got taken, like kidnapped, I think, walking home from school or whatever. And they, they think... And now she's being sex trafficked. Oh, God. Oh, that's and you're like, that's, I mean, that's a parent's worst nightmare, you know? It's like, like your kid can't even walk home from school, you know? It's devastating. So it's like, yeah, fuck being outside, man. But is that, do you I think, think these are over. do you think we're just more aware of that stuff going on because of the amount of technology and the way information is spread and shared that? Stuff like that was still going on just as much back then. We just know more about it now. Or do you think that everything going on with the world has bred more sickos and criminals? It's definitely the second one, bred more yeah. sickos and criminals. Because, I mean, even even back then, you can't hide a high school kid getting stabbed, waiting for his parents to get picked up. You know, it's like that that happened too a couple weeks ago, you know? Mm. And, and, uh, and I don't know if he saw. I don't know if he saw that thing. That, that guy was on a skateboard. He was like a, a dude was dressed in leather, like wearing a. Like, and you see the footage of him walking out the driveway, pulls out this huge knife. Jeez. And then ten feet, ten feet later, off camera, stabs this, this innocent kid waiting for his parents to death. Mm, and you're like, God. if that happened in the '80s, like we would still know about it because it would still make some news, you know? Yeah. So we. We didn't hear about that all that often. It was mostly like killer, serial killer, serial killer, or gang violence. And now it's like random fucking sicko weirdos out there, dude, that are just... Yeah, or just doing things just to film and put on TikTok and shit, like crazy right. stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an, another thing. Like just having the tool of the internet. I, I can't imagine being a kid right now. I remember getting bullied when I was in middle school and high school all throughout. And there was no internet we were just starting to get the internet when i was finishing high school and it was still all text right but not having the internet like kids have the internet now oh my god what a weapon there's more ways like bullies are fucking with kids online and and teasing them online and spreading stories that aren't true about them online and using the internet for that kind of stuff for bullying and then that's even on a whole level that did not exist when we were kids. I feel like I, I yeah. can't even imagine what it's like being a kid and dealing with all that. Right. I just wonder, how do these people think they're going to get away with it? Like with yeah, the that's the thing, right? Technology. Yeah. 
Like they, they're going back and solving crimes that they couldn't solve in the 80s because they didn't have the technology. They're going back and finding DNA on clothing and, you know, weapons and then figuring out crimes. How do these people think they're not going to get caught? I just... Well, I remember I was telling you just coincidentally, I was watching that true, true crime show. Oh, it wasn't a show. It was like on Facebook. You know, sometimes you get these reels and it'll be like a true crime episode, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was something just like that. This little girl was kidnapped out of her bedroom window when she was like 13 or 14. I believe I might have some of the details wrong, but she was a little kid and was left basically for dead by an assailant in the middle of a field somewhere. He thought he had killed her. He cut her throat from one end to the other, walked off thinking, oh, I killed this person. See you later. I'm gone. She played dead in the field, was kept alive by being bit by fire ants. That was all that was keeping her conscious. She kept like passing out and stuff. She was losing so much blood. The fire ants were keeping her awake. Someone stumbled over her body like the next day and paramedics, everybody was, you know, 911 was called. They came and got her. Somehow she lived. They brought her to the hospital. She was just hanging on for dear life. She lost the ability to speak for a long time because they'd slit her vocal cord, basically her vocal cords. Oh man. And they didn't think she'd ever be able to speak again. Uh, After a couple days in the hospital, she got her voice back. And she was able to describe what her assailant looked like. And they drew the picture, but they couldn't, they couldn't find the person, but there was some items of clothing that were found in the field. And it wasn't until just recently when that woman is now, you know, a grown woman over 20 in her twenties. And finally a detective calls and said, guess what? DNA technology is now that we can put these clothing. We can do the DNA research on those pieces of clothes that were found in that field. And sure as shit, they did. They came up with a guy that had the same first name as a person she remembered talking to in the car when she was kidnapped, and the person's driver's license of that year matched her description and the, the police sketch of the guy exactly, and they brought him in for questioning, and boy, was he ever shocked when he found out that that little girl was still alive, and that, oh my God, he is fucked now, right? He thought he got away. He ended up killing himself in jail before the before she got to do her victim statement. She did the victim statement over top of his uh, over his grave. But yeah, DNA technology, you're not getting away with anything. Yeah, it's just Yeah. True crime shows, man. They are fascinating. Super fucking dark, but there's something about that darkness that keeps us watching, right? I don't know what it is. Because it's so horrible that you just can't even imagine that someone could be that evil in real life. Right. It's kind of mind blowing, right? It's like, I got, I, I got to watch this because I, I got to figure it out. Like, why? Yeah. I, and I think that we can never figure it out. So we keep going back to it because we refuse to accept that this could be something that's happening to people that we love and friends and family and strangers, people we don't know. I just, that makes absolutely no sense. I think, yeah, that, that nails it exactly on the head that that's what keeps us watching this stuff. Cause it makes no fucking sense. And I, I think I also watch cause I'm like, try to be aware of things and try to make me 
figure out what I would have done in that situation, what that person should have done or what if that helped or, yeah, you know, to always be like I told Scarlett, like, you should be carrying a whistle. And she looked at me like I'm an idiot. Um, I wonder, can they bring pepper spray into school? I got to look that up. No. They can't? No, I don't think so. Cause that stuff is pretty much like a weapon. You know, it's a weapon. Hmm. Well, a whistle. Yeah. Yeah. A whistle is the, is the least you could do. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. She thought it was stupid. Hmm. <laughs> of course. Uh, it's, it's wild. When you, when you think about it, you're like, okay, well. My kid wants to go far away to college, right? He wants to go study Idaho State University, whatever, right? And look what happened there. Those those three girls and the guy that got killed. Yep. There was so much blood that the house was bleeding blood. Oh my God. And they caught the guy. We just it lost was, like um, 50 listeners. <laughs> the guy they caught, he was a criminology doctoral student. So he thought, oh, I know, I know, I know criminology. I, I know all this stuff. I know how to get away with it. Oh, wow. So he tried to like cover his tracks with his, oh, yeah. his knowledge. Yeah, I'm going to shut off my phone. I'm going to go stalk this girl, you know, for, for a month or whatever. I'm going to shut off my phone, do this or that. He still got caught. See, people, you can't get away Even though they don't have the knife, the, holst- the holder for the knife was found right next to one of the bodies. And then they found, they traced his phone, his phone showing that he was around the house like many, many times, like stalking these girls, you know? So it's just a matter, you know, it's a matter of time. You're going to get caught. Yeah. You know? And that's the other, that's the, uh, the, the interest, the, the, I won't say the, the good thing about these shows, but it, it's very rewarding. I won't say fun. Right. It's rewarding to watch the investigation process and how they catch these guys and girls, right? Well, that I, that's fascinating to me too. I saw in one of the shows that I watched, some guy only got nineteen and a half years, and if he's, it's it was his first offense. If he has good behavior, he can get out in seventeen years, which to me. I don't want someone that was capable of murder and murdered someone on the street in 17 years. Well, that's another good point you raise is that some another byproduct of these shows is creating awareness. Now you can go and be someone who writes right to, I don't know, how, uh, when it's, uh, the government or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And cause aware, hey, this guy, don't let him out, you know, and cause, uh, raise your voice and, and be a voice for for that right yeah it's kind of it's kind of like the whole michael myers michael myers story right like you lock up a kid right because he's evil and in, and in real life we do have kids that are teenagers right that have done crazy crazy shit right like kill people they're not gonna do life in prison because they're not being tried as adults right they're gonna get out by the time they're 25 26 kind of like those kind of like remember those girls the um the slender man in wisconsin yeah slender yeah, yeah yeah story yep yeah, I think what, one of those girls is already out, I think. Wow. And I, I don't know if the other two are still incarcerated, but but there were minors. So the whole thing with like, hey, they carved up their friend and stabbed her 
fucking 20 times or whatever left her for dead and she survived but you think they would be doing life in prison no they can't because they're minors so now they're in their 20s and they're back out again does that have all to do also with the state that it's that it happens in and where they're caught i think so yeah and my most states don't go hard on minors you know hmm well, on a lighter note, everybody, crazy. on a lighter note, geez, we've taken a while. I didn't even expect this to take this turn. Wow. I haven't had a, like a solid true crime talk in a long, long time. No. What's the name of the show again, Lauren? You know, it. I just said like, oh, this is only going to be really short because I don't have a lot to say because I only saw one episode, but it's how I caught my killer. You saw it on Hulu. And I saw it on Hulu. There you go. All right. If you're interested in true crime cases, check that out on Hulu. Tourist Trap 1979. Servant. Go get your Apple TV Plus if you don't have it already. And what was the other one, Leo, you talked about? I forgot already. Sorry about the demon. Sorry about the demon. Shutter. Shutter. It's a Shutter original. All right, everybody. Let's wrap it up in the tidy bow. It's one hour exactly. These are going a lot longer than some of our interview episodes, I've noticed. We were talking about that, too. Well, because we all can't shut up. Yeah, exactly. So. More interview episodes on the way. We're so sorry to keep shoving this guestless crap at you and us just yapping. But we thank you so much for joining us in our yapping so that there's someone to yap to. We appreciate it so much. So that was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 375. Production tracks provided by the great Power Man 5000. Till next time, for myself, Lauren, and Leo, it is the Boo Crew saying... Sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.